What is up, everybody, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas on the Man Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. Make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. We've got daily articles up there. And of course, remember that primetime is brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. Before we do any of that, let's talk about this Cowboys win because, man, it was dominant. It started off uh, right away, man, the Cowboys' domination of the Vikings because on the first drive of the game, the Cowboys forced a tree and out. Not only that, but on third down, Micah Parsons got the strip sack versus Kirk Cousins, handed the ball to the Cowboys on the 27-yard line of the Vikings. The Cowboys offense failed to score a touchdown on that first drive of the game, even though they had the ball in very favorable field position. However, they would go on to score points in the next six drives, each of them. I think that was a masterclass from the Cowboys offense on the first half. And everyone kind of got involved. And you saw the Cowboys going right at Michael Gallup in some isolated looks. You saw the manufactured touches for C.D. Lamb. There was one particular target for C.D. near the goal line in which the cornerback is playing soft coverage. Dak Prescott sees that, and he goes right away to C.D. Lamp, and, you know, he lets him do the damage afterward. And then you had the running backs involved. Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott combined for four total touchdowns. And how about Tony Pollard leading the way among Cowboys playmakers in targets? He was the most targeted player on the game, in the passing game. That was, that was pretty amazing by Dallas. Dak Prescott completing 88% of his throws. All game long, the Cowboys seemed to be in control. And when you go to, the, to halftime up by 20 points, you know that you are playing your brand of football. You are in control of the game. And not going to lie, uh, I kind of got scared after the Cowboys started off on the right foot on defense and then settled for a tree in that opening drive, I thought, oh, this is going to be an intense game. And then out of nowhere, it wasn't because it, it was not intense at all. The Cowboys just kept their foot in the pedal and kept racking up points. Let's see some of your comments here. Uh, Toxic says they didn't start slow. They played clean all day and they stopped the run. Perhaps there was one, one moment in which... A, a penalty flag kind of, you know, got things a little bit messy for Dallas. And that happened in the third offensive drive of the game. Tyler Smith gets flagged for an illegal motion. And, you know, you, you kind of want to complain about that. But in the grand scheme of things, and, and when you compare it to everything else that went on on this game, I agree with Toxic. Uh, I would call this a very clean performance by the Dallas Cowboys. Actually, the final numbers for the day would be Dallas had, what was it? I have the numbers right here for you. They had six penalties, 39 yards. 
you know, that, that is more or less an average number. I would guess it was a clean performance overall for Dallas. Uh, I didn't like the holding, the defensive holding that they called on Carlos Watkins. I thought that was BS. Uh, I don't think that you see a lot of defensive holdings for the defensive line, but they called it on that one. Uh, it was a little bit weird, but it is what it is. And then there was the sequence at the, at the end of the first half, and that's something that you also like. The good teams win close games. Good teams should be able to win those tight one-possession showdowns. However, real contenders are supposed to be able to put rivals away. And that's exactly what the Cowboys did. Uh, they did that. Uh, Mike, Mike McCarthy talks about the double-double when you're going to get the ball back in the second half and you're able to score before halftime and then get the ball back. Uh, the Cowboys did a, double, a special double-double because they got the football back with 31 seconds left in the clock and they managed to score three more points. And they did so with impressive plays too. Michael, uh, Dak Prescott rolling out of the pocket uh, with the design sprint out. Tyler Biotish following Dak to be his sort of lead pass protector. And then Dak finds CeeDee Lamb and CeeDee Lamb gets the impressive toe tap touchdown on the sideline to put Brett Maher in quote-unquote field goal range because 60 yards should not be called field goal range and Brett Maher still made two of them and I thought that also was very shady from the officials you know uh to review that play and call for the review right as the field goal attempt was underway for the Dallas Cowboys I thought that was very shady because there was a timeout before that was stopped for review. You had a full timeout when you could have realized that, okay, we're actually going to review this City Lamp catch to see if he indeed brought it down or not. And yet you, you, you kind of waited until Brett Macher was actually about to kick a 60-yard field goal, and then you asked him to do it again because, as you guys know, once the review is on their way, whatever happens after that doesn't matter. You need to redo everything. So that was a little bit shady. Samuel says that uh, the officials were wrong for that. Toxic says, I was wrong about Brad Macker. Dude has been money. And man, he has been money since the start of the season. Somebody told me today on Twitter, uh, are you... Are you in on Brett Marker? Are you buying stock on Brett Marker? And I said, honestly, he has he has had my confidence since September. And I also was wrong about Marker too, by the way. I didn't like the Cowboys signing him. I didn't have high hopes for him to be such a solid kicker. But he has been solid in every way. Uh, I thought that it would have it was going to be one of those stints for for Macher in which maybe he made the long field goals but maybe there was some inconsistency in the 40 to 49 range or even 30 30 to 39 uh, but he's been money I agree with that uh, this was such a clean performance by Dallas all around uh, we we talked about how the Cowboys got everyone involved uh, you saw CeeDee Lamb with manufactured touches the same for uh, Tony Pollard Ezekiel Elliott was missed in this offense. And yes, he didn't average 
even three yards per carry. But still, you could see how relevant he is for the Cowboys in those goal line situations and short yardage situations in which he can really change the game. And I think that showed up today. But perhaps on the defensive side of things is where I was the most impressed because, listen, two things happened on defense that I think cannot be overlooked. Number one, Michael Parsons moved back to defense event, and he was a menace versus Kirk Cousins and eventually Nick Mullins. I don't know what Michael Parsons was doing on the field when Nick Mullins was on the field simultaneously, but that happened. And I thought, I think that all of us were like, wait a minute, get number 11 out of there because this happened after the injury to Micah Parsons that had us a little bit concerned. So that was random. But Micah moved back to defense event and he was able to impact the game in a much more bigger way than what he's able to do from the linebacker spot. I think the Cowboys have kind of figured out that although you like Micah being a weapon, there is no questioning the fact that Parsons might be better off as a full-timer defensive end or at least somewhere close to that. Uh, I understand you still want to play him at linebacker in several spots because he is that good, but I would I would struggle to make an argument for Micah not being not not playing 70% of the snaps at defensive end or even more than that. And, and he looked good versus a run too today. And I think that was a major improvement from Micah. That's number one. He had five quarterback hits, two sacks, and of course, the first fumble at the beginning of the game. And countless other pressures, I would assume, when the numbers come out from Pro, Pro Football Focus tomorrow morning. Then number two. Ladies and gentlemen, Trevon Diggs traveled with Justin Jefferson. That was massive, I believe, for the Dallas Cowboys. Because suddenly, if you're going to trust Trevon Diggs to shadow the opponent's top receiver, then you get in a situation in which maybe I don't need to have so much players on the back end of my defense and I can keep loading up the box, which is what the Cowboys like to do versus the run. And I can continue to, you know, I can continue to stop the run that way. Because I was listening to the Athletic Football Show on Friday, and they made an excellent point signaling out the fact that the Cowboys struggle versus the run when they don't load the box. But when they do load the box, when they do load the box, uh, they get good results versus a run. And if suddenly Trevon Dix can shadow the opponent's stop receiver, that is going to matter a lot over the next over the next few weeks and throughout the rest of the season. Uh, I love the fact that Trevon Dix shadowed Justin Jefferson. I don't know what the numbers were specifically when he was lined up across from Justin Jefferson. I don't know the official numbers, but Justin Jefferson had 33 receiving yards total and there was one play on the outside where he was lined up against Trayvon Diggs, and it was sort of a comeback route to Justin Jefferson. But still, big, big game for number seven. That was amazing, I think. Uh, let's see. What was your one word? What is your one word 
to describe the Cowboys' win today? Let me know in the comments, and we will also get into the primetime performer of the game. Uh, Samuel says, honest question. I thought that the Vikings' left tackle was lit. The Cowboys were getting pressure on Christian Darisaw even before he exited the game, but he did exit the game early with a concussion, which is what he was dealing with over the week too. Uh, so maybe that's something dangerous there to suffer back-to-back -back concussions if he did, because we don't exactly know. Remember that entering the concussion protocol does not necessarily mean that you actually had a concussion. But once, once Darisaw had to exit the game, it was game over for the Vikings. Not only were you behind in the scoreboard by multiple possessions, suddenly you were not able to play with your usual pass protection scheme because suddenly uh, you have to account for a backup left tackle. And that was definitely something that also impacted the game. But it, it happened towards halftime, so the Cowboys were already up big. Uh, but then in the second half, you know, you have to throw the ball because you're down 20. Actually, you're not down 20 because uh, once once the third quarter started, the Cowboys got a quick touchdown. So right away, you were down 27 in the third quarter. And that you're not going to be able to to play your your game plan, right? Your, your game plan is in the trash can by then. And, and then blowouts are always a compound effect. I, I've always thought that in the NFL. If you're if you beat an opponent by 20 points or you beat him by 37 points, it's likely the same. You you would likely put the same stock on on a 20 point blowout than a 37 point blowout because you're not playing your game plan by then. Uh, let's see some of your words here. What's your one word to describe the Cowboys win? Bruce's blowout, Mark Aaron's is dominating. Joey Bella says chingon, which is, you know, uh, I think I can get away with that one. Uh, it, it's a special word in Spanish. Expectations is toxic, Tom. Surprising for six. I'm going to go. I, I do think it was a surprising game. Uh, I had the Cowboys winning this one. The bet of the week last uh, Thursday was Cowboys minus one and a half. We have improved, by the way, to nine and one this season on Cowboys bets. That is something that I didn't expect because uh, the number that the hit rate that you're aiming for when betting games has to be 53%. And we are at 90%. So I'm super excited about that too. One more week with us uh, cashing our ticket on betting the Cowboys. So it was surprising, definitely, even though we expected Dallas to win. I don't think that we expected them to win this game in historic fashion because this was the largest road uh, win margin by Dallas in franchise history. And that is a number that I also did not expect when you were about to face an 8-1 squad that had just beaten the Buffalo Bills. Anyways, the Cowboys, my one word for them would be Honestly, comforting because I was kind of optimistic throughout last week, even though the Cowboys lost a painful one to the Packers, because I reviewed the tape and I, I talked about the Cowboys third down offense. I showed you some of the drawings of their plays, and there was a lot that I liked from Kellen Moore even last week uh, versus the Packers. There was a lot of stuff that I liked, and 
there was also a lot of stuff that I liked from defense. So I think it was comforting in the sense that, you know, it was a reminder that the Cowboys, to me at least, are still a contender in the NFC. Maybe some will disagree, but I, I do see them as a legit Super Bowl contender, even more so when suddenly you're looking at the Eagles and you're going, wait a minute, how, how legit exactly are they? And not to take any credit away from Philadelphia, because I don't think that we should. They have been very good this season. But you struggled, you mightily struggled versus the Indianapolis Colts. You lost to the Washington Commanders. And then there are some question marks there across your schedule, including, you know, struggling in the second half versus Cooper Rush and the Cowboys when the Cowboys hit, didn't have their starting quarterback. I think all of that matters. Uh, the Colts should have won that one. The Colts 100% should have won that game versus the Eagles, but it is what it is in the NFL. And Jalen Hurts answered uh, in a timely fashion at the end of the game to score the game-winning touchdown, 17-16 to Philly. Suddenly, you're looking at the NFC and you're looking at the, at the Cowboys and going, they, they might even win the division once more. Let's see. Mo, great win overall, says Toxic. Uh, however, we need to see a lot of what we saw today carry from week to week. And that has always been the issue with the Cowboys, right? Uh, we want the consistency. I agree with Toxic there. And there is a big chance to prove that, especially in a short week. Short weeks are always filled with adversity. And you're going to face a New York Giants team that has been able to keep games closed. And they have been able to win those close games for the most part. They lost to the Detroit Lions today. The Giants did. They can still run the football. That's still a concern. The Cowboys, by the way, allowed over six yards per carry to Dalvin Cook. However, it didn't feel like the Vikings game ever got truly going. Most of those yards, by the way, from Cook came on the, on the right side, on outside runs to the right. I think that he had 72 yards total, 43 of those came in wide right runs, according to next-gen stats. So still something that the Cowboys are, are, are definitely monitoring and trying to get better. But I agree. Uh, if, the, if the Cowboys can keep going like this, and that doesn't mean, you know, 37-point wins. That means consistency on offense and defense and finding a way to, to be able to rush the passer and use what is your biggest strength then the Cowboys agree that they can put something together. How about the third down performance, for example? And that has been a major issue for Dallas. Last week, it was a bad performance on third down. The week before that, or the game before that, before the bye week, Dallas was close to being perfect on third down versus the Chicago Bears. And that was the case again. They went 12 for 17 on third down. That's a 71% conversion rate on offense. And then you compare that to what the Vikings were doing. They were one for 11 on third down. Only once on the, the Vikings moved the, change, the chains on third down. That was crazy. And the reason why the Cowboys were able to move the chains so much on third down is because they were dealing with third and short situations. Uh, and then they were creative on third and medium. Something that the Cowboys have not been afraid to do on third and medium has been run the football, whether it's third and four, third and five, third and six, 
They're willing to bet in their running game, and they did so again. Uh, there was a QB keeper on third and six. Dak Prescott took for 11 yards. It was an impressive game on that aspect. And I think that they've been willing to do so because they've also been treating it as four down territory, and they've been aggressive enough to go for it on, on fourth and down. Let's see. Now let's talk about, yeah, let's talk about that guy. Let's talk about him. But first, let me read some comments here. Carl says, hey, Mo, if you run the ball 30 times with an even split, what happens? We get a win. Why didn't we try that last week uh, against Green Bay when we know it works? I think the answer might be Kellen Moore. But then again, Ke Kellen, Moore, uh, Kellen Moore had himself a very decent game today, in my opinion. A very good one. But I... But 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 if I understand that right, if I'm reading that right, and I don't know if I am, remember that you're able to run the football when you're ahead in games. So those stats of when the, when X NFL team runs X amount of times, they are 100 to two. Those are, you know, you should read those the other way. When the team wins, they're able to run the football. Because when you're trailing, then you're incentivized to throw the football, right? And, and the other way around. So that is important to keep in mind. However, uh, I do agree that Dallas might have been better off running the football in several situations versus the Packers. And maybe that was part of what led to the L uh, in Week 10. That being said, who was your primetime performer of the game? Let's talk about that guy. Let me know in the comments who is your primetime performer of the game. And while you do that, and before I tell you mine, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net because the ride of the week is the 2023 Mazda CX-50 Preferred Plus All-Wheel Drive. This one starts at $34,360. It's got Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto All-Wheel Drive. You know that I love saying this. Heated power seats, hands-free liftgate, lane departure warning because your safety is first and a miles per gallon capacity of 24 in the city. That goes up to 30 when you are in the highway. So make sure you check out the Mazda 2023 CX-50 Preferred Plus all-wheel drive over at FreemanMazda.net, a family-owned business for over 65 years. Remember that when you choose Freeman Mazda, you're choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. So who was your, your uh, primetime performer of the game? Ooh, I'm seeing some controversy, and I love it. I love it. Uh, Pollard, says Larry on Facebook. Mando also goes with Pollard. Mark with Pollard. Mr. Jab, though, goes with Mr. Mike Parsons. The same for Bruce. Lumen says Justin Jefferson. Come on, Lumen. If anything, Trayvon Diggs, right? The winner of that matchup. <laughs> Brett Macker says, fresh faith. Six did say uh, Trayvon Diggs as his ends were. Look at Toxic Tom. I, I never thought that I would see the day in which Toxic Tom said Mike McCarthy, the primetime performer of the game. Uh, give me Pollard. Give me Pollard as my primetime performer of the game. The guy led the team in targets. He had 189 scrimmage yards. Actually, that just made me think of something. Tony Pollard, yes, just confirmed it. 
Tony Pollard, ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to inform you he had more total yards than the Minnesota Vikings did on Sunday. <laughs> they had a, they had 183 total yards. The Vikings did. Pollard outgained the Vikings by six full yards. How about that? He also had that 68-yard receiving touchdown, two touchdowns, by the way, both of them as a receiver. 109 yards came in the receiving game. And that's something that I, I would look at this game. And if I had to choose something to carry over from this game to the rest of the season, it would probably be the Pollard targets because that's an easy button for your offense. That's an easy button that you can find. And, you know, for example, one of the touchdowns that Pollard had as a receiver came in what was essentially a check down. Dak Prescott was essentially throwing a check down to Pollard. But if you are forcing those matchups, those one-on-one -on -one looks for Tony Pollard and he's matched up as uh, versus a linebacker, trust in his feet and trust in his hands to get the play done. I want to see more of that moving forward for the Cowboys offense. But how about that? Pollard out gaining the Vikings. That that's that uh, that is uh definitely something cool. That's awesome. Since six to midnight, that's cool. Says Rudy. Yeah, I I just thought of that because I was going over the numbers, and when I saw one eighty nine, I, I thought, hey, I just saw a lower number in there somewhere. So that was fun. Let's see. Mike McCarthy's a good head coach. Says Carl. He's hey, he's one. He's one in Dallas. To be honest, he's. The Dallas Cowboys have been one of the winningest teams in the league since 2021. And I don't count 2020 because it's tough to win without your starting quarterback. Shout out to Lumens. He says, I am an ADCite. They're talking orange tonight in Nashville. I want to talk football. Is that, uh, is that against the Bulls, Lumen? Are you not, are you not a, a Bulls fan? Because, yeah, I understand why. Over at the ADC Sports Nashville site, they're talking some Tennessee Bulls. That was tough on Saturday, man. That really was. I had every Bulls bet that you could imagine. Uh, volunteers minus 23. Volunteers minus 13 in the first half. And then team total over for the Tennessee Bulls. None of them worked for me. So I understand why they're talking about that over there. Uh, now on Thursday, we don't throw the TP20 and only gets five carries. It's toxic. Nah, nah, let's 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 give them the benefit of the doubt, toxic. There's some good stuff, though, that the Cowboys are doing. Uh, among them, and I've talked touched on them already, I think, this show and, and maybe a little bit on Thursday. I think they're finding ways to get CeeDee Lamb the football. They're getting Tony Pollard more involved, even if it was because of Ezekiel Elliott's injury for a while there. Uh, but what we saw today, I think, matters. The fact that he had six targets and, and he caught all of those six targets and had two touchdowns. I think we will keep seeing some of that. And then you see some trust, some refound trust on Dak Prescott's legs. Because you're seeing him running the read option on third downs, specifically, I would say, on goal line situations or on third and medium situations. But then you're also seeing those rollouts and those printouts, like the, the one in the CeeDee Lamb catch 
to set up Brett Maher for a 60-yard uh, field goal. Uh, we're seeing a lot of that, and I like it for sure. Uh, we're seeing some creative routes. And some people don't like them, and I, I, I understand why. But we're seeing some plays in which Kellen Moore is essentially scheming City Lamp open. All of that matters, I would say. Mark Aaron says, did you all see the picture of Parsons looking like Prince with all of the chains around his neck? It's hilarious. I didn't see that one. I did saw, I, I did see, excuse me, the one in the purple shirt. And shout out to David Hellman from Fox Sports, formerly from DallasCowboys.com, because he tweeted that picture from Michael Parsons out with that quote from the big Lebowski. <laughs> from Jesus and he tweeted that out and it said like Dios mío man <laughs> I thought that was such a such a fun tweet from from David Hellman I saw that you rolled into the semis Dios mío man Liam and me we're gonna <laughs> that, that is such a funny movie maybe this is what the Cowboys needed a breakout performance from all says Lumen yeah and not even and yes a breakout performance but also you know, being punched in the mouth and then bouncing back ne the next week. Not being broken down because of a loss at Lambeau. And it's ironic because many of the comments last weekend were, were about, oh, the Cowboys cannot win the big games. But the ironic thing is the Packers were not the big game. The Packers... History aside, re recent franchise history aside, we're a losing team and the Vikings were the real big game in which you were traveling to face the 8-1 team that, had, that was second to none in wins in the NFL, right? This was the, the really big game, even if the statistics were not there for the Vikings or anything like that, because we talked about that throughout the week. The Vikings were average in many, many aspects of their game. I think I think that was pretty, pretty, pretty important. Mo says toxic. He says if Dallas can't get hot, we may have something. And there I say, this year may, may be different. Man, for toxic Tom to feel this way, <laughs> that tells you how efficient the Cowboys looked today. Hey, but let's 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 see what happens. It's a, it's a, it is a short week ahead for the Dallas Cowboys. There is a short week. Those are never fun. They're never fun. We've learned that the hard way before. Still, it's a matchup that kind of favors the Cowboys. You know, you have the solid defensive line. You saw what happened in week three versus the same offensive line. When Michael Parsons faced it, the Giants were under siege every single play. But since then, the Giants have emerged as one of the top teams in the NFC, at least in terms of win-loss record. We'll see what happens. It's going to be a fun one. Can't believe the Cowboys lost to the Packers, says Chevy. A losing team is more dangerous, says Lumen. That might be true. That might be true. Uh, now, by the way, before we get out of here, uh, let's just talk about the fact that the Cowboys sacked Kirk Cousins seven times as a collective. Many of them were thanks to Michael Parsons generating the pressures, but some of them were pretty impressive. Dorrance Armstrong getting the bull rush from the, from the right side of the defense, getting to Kirk Cousins. Jaron Kears blasting untouched 
to the offensive line and getting to Kirk Cousins, bringing him down. Dante Fowler had his sack. Sam Williams was in there in the action as well in the backfield. The Cowboys' defensive front looked like the defensive front that we were talking about all season long, but suddenly forgot because the Cowboys lost the game to the Packers. This is still a, a very good defense, and although we have concerns about the run defense and fair concerns, difficult to ignore that they have been top 12 in rush defense DVOA, in rush defense success rate, they have been successful in many of these scenarios, even though they have allowed the big gainers. And that's perhaps where Dallas has struggled the most when it comes to stopping the run. But overall, I would say the run defense of Dallas is actually better than we give it credit because they're top 12 in many of these efficiency metrics. EPA per play is not one of them. And once more, I think that's because they allow some big plays. But overall, this is not a top-run defense by any means, but it's also not bottom of the league or anything like that. That's important to keep in mind, I think, over the next few weeks. And once more, if, if Trevon Diggs can suddenly shadow top receivers, whew, it's going to get better. Yeah, it, it should get better at least. Damon Clark played more today, by the way, and I think that has to do with Micah playing in the defensive end position. I think that's the best way to go for the Cowboys defense moving forward. No Quinton Vohana and no Anthony Barr on the game. And still Dallas looked quite well. Quite well. Nick says all throughout America's neighborhoods, suburbs, and streets, that haters were found kicking rocks while wearing flip-flops. Flip and it's cold outside, says Nick. Man, not, not a lot of that hate today on the timeline. That is true. Dak played a great game, man. That connection to Tony Pollard, that was a dime. He had a dime to Dalton Schultz as well at the beginning of the game. Dalton Schultz should have caught that, in my opinion. Get two hands in there. Get the football. Bring it down. Then the, the throw to CD Lamb was also an impressive one. There were some good passes to Michael Gallup, too. Dak Prescott had himself a big, big game. Big game from, from Dak, and I, I love that for sure. Before we get out of here, final question for you guys. And, you know, we're happy. We're, we are in a good mood. So, sure, the Cowboys need to keep things going. We need to see consistency. But if you were forced to answer this question, what would you say? Truth or false? The Dallas Cowboys are a Super Bowl contender. Truth or false, let me know while, while all of you guys jump in the comments to chime in. Do me a favor and hit the like button. Share the stream. Every single thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. So if you're enjoying the show, hit the like button. That is the biggest thing that you can do to help out the show. And I will really appreciate it. Mark goes with true. Mindo goes with true. Lumen, truth. Toxic says false. Not yet. Six is false until I see the first playoff game. Yeah, we'll respect that. I'm going to go. I am going to go with truth, though. And yes, we need to see them make this happen in the playoffs. We need to see them do this consistently. But also, I look at the NFL, and if I had to choose three contenders per conference, I cannot leave the Cowboys out of the NFC. 
and those that I would pick above them, like maybe the Eagles because of potential home field advantage, it's not like I feel super confident in them either. So true, I am going with a with a strong truth for that question. I think the Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders. I've thought that for a while too, but this was kind of a reinforcing win for that belief. Still feels early, says Bruce. James, though, goes with true. The same for Joey Vela. What is it about one one? Uh, what is it about ten two that it's that's true? Says Quentin Robinson. What is it about ten two that it's that true? Says Quentin Robinson. Progress was made. Says Toxic. Brooklyn Joe says true. Gilbert goes with true. Carl says it's bad. As I hate to say it, Kellen called a great game for Dak Prescott. But why would you hate to say it? Hey, it, it is a positive. It is a positive. Truth, yes, is Rudy Garza. When was the last time that we won in Thanksgiving? Says Toxic. So the Cowboys lost to the Raiders last year, right? I don't I don't remember exactly what when was last Cowboys win. Cowboys games, Thanksgiving. Cannot be that long ago, though, can it? Let's see. Was that in... Mm, that was in... Whoo, yeah, that was a while ago. 2018. In 2021, the Cowboys lost to the Raiders in overtime. We all remember that one. I don't want to talk about it yet. <laughs> 2020, the Cowboys lost to Washington 41-16. I remember that one too. And then there was the Buffalo Bills game in 2019. That was a painful one, 26-15. That one hurt. I remember that one. It hurt a lot. And then 2018, 31-23 versus the then-called Washington Redskins. 2018, Toxic. That was a good question. I would, I would not have guessed that. That was a while ago. And like it or not, it does feel kind of relevant because it is a short week. Like if it was how many times have the Cowboys lost in week nine just because you picked week nine, I wouldn't care about that trend at all. But if we're talking about if we're talking about mm, about a short week trend, then maybe that matters, right? <laughs> Lumen says, please do not get a DUI more. <laughs> you know, Todd Downing from the Tennessee Titans called the best game of the season for him on Thursday night versus the Packers the morning after he was arrested for a DUI. Well, that, that same night, right? Longest draw in history. So six to midnight. Since 2018, that was the last time the Cowboys won. Uh, Brooklyn says, I think that Jason Witten was still here the last time that we won. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Because what was the, what was the, the timeline there? Yeah. He retired in, he retired and came back with the Raiders. Then we retired. But in 2018, he was still a cowboy. Yeah. Longest drought in history. Yeah. Didn't, didn't drink and drive. Says Lumen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I will get out of here. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into ADZ Sports Dallas Prime Time. I appreciate you. We are here every Sunday through Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central. So make sure you tune in tomorrow. 
And as always, check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys articles, analysis, opinion, and news. And as always, primetime brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hope that you enjoy the rest of your Sunday night. And I will see you tomorrow. Thank you to you, Stephen White, and to all of you who are enjoying primetime. Thank you for choosing to listen to the show. Nos vemos el día de mañana. Adiós. Bye-bye.